0: Thank you for watching our first Game Development Club podcast, co-hosted by Game Dev Club members Pranav Harakere, Manu Bhatt, and yours truly, Ryan Lee. Our guest today is Mr. McLeod, who teaches AP Computer Science at Cupertino High School to over 100 students every year. Over the course of this podcast, you'll learn about his experience working in the game development industry. Just to get some more background info, uh, what did you do? What was that industry experience before you... So,
1: became a um, right out of college, I worked at a, a company called B-Square. Um, actually, they were called Mainbrace. Um, and then they got um, acquired by B-Square. Um, and I graduated in 2000. So... Uh, not too long afterwards the uh, the big bust came so that was kind of how I started out um, my coding career with a little bit of a rough batch. Um, and so I actually went into teaching originally uh, because it was at the same time that they were um, at, the, at the same time that they were laying off all the engineers they were also looking for teachers so uh, quite a few people went from tech into teaching at that time. Um, but then I always did, you know, I was, I was still interested in coding. Um, and I played around with it. Like I I was especially interested in, in making games. Um, and actually developed, I, I got, I got hardcore back into it. Um, when I, I decided I wanted to make an uh, iPhone app, um, and I made a uh, a roguelike game which is still up on the store called Seed of Evil. Um, nice name. Cult game. It has, uh, you, you can either play it with uh, normal mode or you can play a permadeath mode. Permadeath mode is super hard. Um, I looked at the, the leaderboards recently and there's there's literally two people who have beaten my game on permadeath and very recently, like literally the second one just beat it on like Monday. What?
0: Oh, wow. It's actually getting, a. Uh, it's still getting, uh, well, is, how long ago is, did you make it?
1: So it's actually been out for a couple of years and I've tinkered with it here and there. Um, and it's definitely, you know it's not a blockbuster hit it's definitely one of those like if you're hardcore into like difficult games and and you like the old style roguelike uh experience uh the unforgiving dungeons that can you know you can be all high on how strong your character is and then all of a sudden oops i messed up now i'm dead <laughs> um what, what what kind of game engine was this developed in So, I actually uh, created this using um, Cocos2D, most of the uh, game engine graphics uh, effects and stuff. Um, And I actually have a combination of like, Cocos2D and like native iOS views. Uh, I kind of intermixed them a little bit, Um, but for the most part, The graphics engine is Cocos 2D and then some of the UI I use native like table views and stuff from uh, the, the native <clears throat> from the iOS library.
0: You still update the game?
1: Um, not a lot but I've updated it I update it sometimes and I still get you know people ask for a few features here and there um, so Not as much as I used to, but i think I've updated it as recently as like last summer at least. For
0: sure. Still working on it, still playing on it.
1: Yeah. (laughs) It's kind of like a uh that's a little small
0: community into it. Pretty good. Mr. McCloud, did you Uh make it to the other games or was that your basically only major one?
1: So um, that was, like, my main, like, published game that I made completely, 100% myself. Um, I did all the artwork assets and either – well, just to clarify, I either got assets from – I did a mixture of getting assets from uh, mostly opengameart.org and a combination of that and, like – creating my own when I needed to. And um, I did a lot of modification of the ones that I found there. Um, But so it's kind of like I was all the departments (laughs) and I actually even made the the music was completely made by me on um, uh, actually some of the music was made by me. I have to modify that originally all the music was, and then I added some extra music that was, really nice uh, tip to add some more variety, but, uh, but yeah, I, I even like composed and, and recorded music on uh, uh garage band. So that was pretty fun. Um, and then I also, so then I worked in uh, my second round in the tech industry was after I got back into making games again, um, I went and got a job at a company called Game Closure, um, and they make uh, basically they make games in JavaScript um, and release them on all sorts of platforms.
0: Well, it just it's just it just became summer, right? Twenty uh, first <coughs> of June, yeah.
1: yeah, yeah. So. Um, I worked in a, uh, so, so basically they, they created games in JavaScript and um, released it on all sorts of platforms. So they had um, games that were released on iOS and Android, all from the same code base. Um, so they just, they had a, um, in fact, they had their own um, in-house uh, development environment and game engine. Um, and in fact, that was, so one of the main things that I worked on in that game, uh, in that company was um, developing their uh, platform, um, uh, which then they, you know, would sell to other uh, developers. So uh, did B-Square or Game Closure um, make any, you know, popular games that maybe you so, are on? Yeah, the interesting thing about them they loved to pivot and they like they had like a library of games and like sometimes they would like release them and then pull them and then re-release them later and they'd like fiddle with them and you know they're always doing new things so the main big game they were working on when i was there was a game called bubble story um and it was a bubble shooter game um, but I've looked later, and like that one's not there, and like all the other ones that I <laughs> I looked at their website, and they're like, here's our games, and I'm like, none of these are any of the games that they made when I was there. <laughs> they have like completely new games. So I think they're always like pivoting and releasing new games on different platforms. And um, I know that when I worked there, they were uh, trying to make uh they added some more
0: games for a platform called kick i don't know if do you know about kick yeah i've heard of that yeah so you can play like uh okay games K I K. yeah
1: yeah kik yeah so, um, and I actually made when I was there. They had me make like a a Flappy Bird version for that. It was called Flappy Dragon. Um, but I don't think it's on there anymore or anything. So,
0: yeah, yeah I think Maybe. it might have to do what? Yeah, go ahead. Oh, sorry. Uh, I think it might have to do with like uh like the um how certain platforms get outdated. I guess or like companies like to like update their uh hardware or yeah
1: so that was a big part of why they they like to have they had their in-house um system for that, that could easily release from the same code base games on different platforms was the idea there was that whenever a new platform comes out usually like the people that make the most money are the first people that make games for that platform so they always, you know, were like ready to swoop in and be first mover and like have the first few games on a new platform. Um, so that was one of one of their things, I think. Um, yeah, and actually working in an actual game company was pretty awesome because uh, it was, I didn't have to do everything, right? Um, I had artists that could like, get me the artwork that exactly was what I wanted. I didn't have to just like look around and see if I could find something that, that, uh, went with what I had. I I could actually get it custom made. It was pretty awesome. Um, and just working collaboratively with them on special effects and stuff was, was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. And just having another person to, um, they, they had, um, product managers that would, um, that were basically the, the would make decisions about like, okay, here's the way that we want it to be. So um, they helped with the, a lot of the planning. Um, so that's something that uh, I'm not sure if, if people know when you're going into game, any like whether it's game development or any kind of software development, um, there's lots of roles you can go in that don't directly do code. Um, it's more like you do all the planning for um, and working with the customers to decide like exactly, here's how things are going to work logically. So that when someone codes it, they're not just like making it up as they go along.
0: Like, it sounds like you have the artists, like who are like make, who like design things for games, uh, the project manager who had like the main vision for the product obviously. Uh, yeah. And then you said you had like people talking with customers
1: Well, so, um, if you were making a product, if you were making a product for like on order from a customer and it could be, you know, from like a company that wanted you to make a certain product, um, then the product manager and the UI UI designer, UX designer, right? User experience, um, would want to discuss with them and and solidify exactly what they want, because one of the biggest things with software development is you might make something that you think is cool, um, but then other people don't, or uh, in particular, the person you're making it for doesn't want it that way, you know, so you want to make sure that what you're building is what, you know, your customer is expecting. Now, in the case of you know, if you're making games and and you're just releasing them and the game, the, the customer is, of course, all the other people out in the world that are going to play your game. Um, uh, you can sometimes still get feedback from the customers um, by doing like a beta test and then they can tell you what they like, but you kind of have to have something first usually in that case. Um, so, but the most important thing was that you had to know exactly what you were making before you made it, because I, I did have an experience where that didn't go right, where um, I made the same tutorial several times because uh, it wasn't clearly established exactly how logically things were supposed to work. Um, and you know finally, uh, myself and the senior developer, I was working, along with we're just like, okay, let's hold a meeting with the product managers and like let's establish once and for all how this is supposed to be so that we aren't, you know, going around and around in circles here because the right process is that um, you have a clear, not just written, but also like pictures. So the artists will also draw up like a mock-up of like here's a mock-up of like the UI that you want if you're adding a new UI scene. Um, And so that you're not just like, oh, I think the button should just go there, right? The programmer doesn't decide necessarily where the buttons go. All of that's decided by the UI designer or the product manager, right? So that before you do all the coding to place everything where it needs to go, It's already been decided what it's supposed to look like.
0: (laughs) Uh, Are there any other like major differences between like working as a solo game developer and then working in a game company? Like you already mentioned, how you have the artists doing work for you, but is there anything else that stands out to you? Well, I
1: think uh, when you're working solo, it is a lot easier it's not better but it's easier to break the rules would be a bad thing because it's easier to just sit down and start coding without having a clear plan because then when you're done coding i guess that's the plan whatever you got right (laughs) um whereas if you're working with a team through uh, you know a a, it's a lot um less likely that 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 the process would look like that because your teammates would be like whoa wait before you get going like let's clearly establish what what we are doing here right and especially if you're working with the other thing is if you're working with multiple coders like you have to communicate but yeah i mean working in a team is harder at first because you can't break the rules so it feels harder right like you can't just start coding without having a clear plan for big picture how's this going to look right because otherwise how are you going to tell your other teammates what they're supposed to do what's their part of the plan right um and you should follow the rules when you're working on your own too um and i discovered that in my uh, you know, throughout, through the years of developing, you know, I've definitely had my share of like wasted time when I spent a long time, like making something. And then when it was done, I decided that isn't, I don't like it. So I made it again (laughs) different and I still didn't like it. And then finally I was like, yeah, maybe I should just like get some, you know, uh just draw what it's supposed to look like and decide and and really plan out exactly how i want it to look and how it's supposed to work before coding so i mean i've definitely learned some of these lessons you know the hard way myself um yeah generally Uh, like what kind of programming languages or tools did you use to make your games uh, the game that i made um that I was talking about in uh, earlier, I made in Objective C, or oh. directly for iOS, um, and you know I've made games, small games that I haven't necessarily like released in all sorts of platforms. Um, Okay. but i think javascript and uh objective c and java are kind of like probably the three languages i've used the most and of course java and javascript are the ones that i use the most most recently because those are the ones i'm teaching classes in yeah um what have have done stuff in like python i made a so, when I when I applied to Game Closure, the interview was um, basically, well, I mean, there were multiple parts to the interview, right? So, there was like the part where I um, talked to, some, you know, the hiring office, you know, hiring manager first, and then, um, well, not really, yeah, he was like, it was a small company, so it was like, there was like office manager slash HR you know kind of guy that I talked to first and then I got given a project to do so the project was to make a chat server Um, and it was kind of open-ended in that you know you have a basic requirement that it's a chat server and then from there add as much as you want um, so, uh, I ended up using PHP to make the um, chat server, uh, like the the server side, and then I ended up making two different clients. Um, one of them was a web client, so you could log into the chat. Uh, server and, um, on the, just directly on the website. And then I also made a, uh, a version that was a, uh, like direct Telnet client, like you use it like a console app. Um, so it was interesting. I, I, had a lot of fun learning in that project because that was like the first time I'd ever like made a server before. That was like the first time I really like made anything like a chat server. So it was an interesting problem because when I got it, I was like, "Oh, these monks. Hmm, that's cool. Pretty fun, but I a little bit scary because I've never done this before." <laughs> <laughs> um, but they ended up liking it quite a bit. They said it was, uh, I
0: mean, obviously I got the job, right? (laughs) Um, How many programming languages do you know? You've already mentioned uh, PHP, JavaScript, Objective-C, and a few more, so how many do you know?
1: Let's see, yeah, so there was like, I mean, there's different levels of like knowing, yeah, I, I've done a few things in Python, but I wouldn't say'm i you know, I'm that great at Python. I've like just done a few problems on coding that pretty much no. um, And uh, although actually the interesting thing is, so then some of the code, when I worked at the at game closure, um their server side code was in python so even though i didn't know python i had to debug a few things and so one of the things like about multiple languages is even though there's lots of multiple languages and you know they definitely have their own little details and quirks that you kind of have to know to uh there's also big picture they're very similar right and you could debug something that's written in python even though you don't really know python as long as the bug isn't like a quirk of python right but so as long as the logic makes sense yeah like if it's a big picture logic bug you can clearly see the logic the flow i mean especially since there's always all these jokes about how python is pseudocode yeah Um, (laughs) yeah i still remember a a video i watched where the guy on the video says okay so i'm just gonna write in pseudocode um since the point of this is just the logic and then he proceeds to write python (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like that's pretty funny um okay so back to languages that i know so the i would i wouldn't really include python as one that i'm like super familiar with i'm just like casually java javascript objective c um it's been too long since i did anything in c plus plus so i wouldn't really count that as like language that I'm like super familiar with but the thing is like learning languages is easy and you might learn a language and you do a little bit in it and then if it's been a while you might have to like brush up on it again when you come back to it um let's see I've done a little in Arduino too because I did that in we even did a a little bit with that in uh, intro to java so you remember sparky that was our green. sparky green. yep and which is basically like c right um it's a modified c let's see i mentioned php and definitely yeah so i think we've talked about
0: enough of them do really want to ask you a couple more questions like yeah go ahead namely about your you mostly talked about your time at game closure and that would make sense this is the game development club but i also want to know what it's like how working at at a game development company or like a company Uh, that works uh on projects that are related to games um uh, uh how that would compare to uh more traditional uh software development company like b square that's what i'm guessing so b square is so at the
1: time that i was working there they were creating um pdas like small it was, this was like before smartphones so these were like the pre smartphones right like the little miniature computers that you could um you know write notes in and stuff like that and it was it was definitely um, very early in the space now they're actually i looked them up there uh, to see what they're doing now lately um, and they've they've definitely uh, pivoted to like fully iot now so um but what i did there was a lot of work on like making drivers um and uh, kind of like a lot more low level stuff. It wasn't like UI, like I I wasn't making any, like any kind of user interfaces or anything like that. Um, it was, it was more, um, under the hood, like drivers and stuff. Uh, so as far as like the, um, product, I was definitely a lot more excited making games than I was making drivers. Um, But there's still something fun. It's kind of like, you know, if you've ever, you guys have done enough coding that you can have tons of fun on, like, a coding bat style problem, even though it's not like you're making some awesome program that people are going to have fun with, right? Like. (laughs) It solves a problem, so um, yeah. And actually, that that job I was writing in C++. Um, so, but that's definitely one of those where it's like it's been a long time since I did C++. <laughs> uh, Objective C is kind of similar, but but uh, and you can actually mix in C++ with Objective C. Um, but there's also major differences but yeah so the the diff i guess what you're really asking for is what is the difference in like uh what you do on the job and ultimately i would say programming is very similar whether you're making a game or making any other product really um at least you know unless you're just so if you're work, you, you're generally working in a team, you have to have a clear plan of what exactly are you supposed, was, what is your code supposed to do? Um, and in the case of uh, games, you might have to have a, a good idea of like, what is it supposed to look like too, right? If you're doing the front end Um, So you'd be working a lot more with the UX uh, designer and product managers. Um, But yeah, I mean, I think that the process is very similar regardless of what kind of software you're making. Um, I wouldn't say that like working at a game company, um, the process is totally different, although... The people you work with might be different. Like, you you wouldn't be working with artists if you were just writing drivers, right? <laughs> um, but you could definitely be working with artists if you're making a web app that's supposed to, um, you know, help people buy groceries or something. Because the artist's gonna help design the the website and and how is it gonna look and um draw the little graphics in there and you know so i think that the number one skill to have out in um the industry apart from just like your coding skills is being able to work with others and communicate and and take someone else's vision and make it come alive which is different and sometimes more difficult for people than taking their own vision and making it come alive right yeah Um, because being able to understand what they want (laughs) is is a a different story Uh, that's what successful teams do though because If all you're doing ever is just making what you want then you're you're losing out on most of the other team's ideas right so
0: yeah altruism i guess is pretty important uh in any software or any job really i guess yeah
1: collaboration skills
0: are huge yep
1: and these days there's very i mean you can definitely like i guess i proved it that you can definitely make a full application on your own, um, but it's a lot more common, more likely that you're gonna be making things with other people. And certainly you'll eventually make stuff with other people unless you completely go like, I'm just gonna make a total, I'm, I'm never, I'm gonna make independent projects and that's it and that's all I'll ever do, right? like. I don't know. That's unlikely. For <laughs> the Java students. Yeah.
0: All ah. right. Well, thank you for that. Uh. Yeah. Uh. I guess to close this out, um, maybe something a little lighter. Uh, do you still play any games?
1: I do. Um. I've been playing a lot of Roblox games because I have a nine-year-old son. Who is always into the next Roblox game? So he definitely influences my my gaming choices. Um, I also played some games. Uh, he he also likes to look on Steam, and um, so he likes the uh, TD balloon. What is it? Bloons TD. Yeah, Bloons TD. That was it. We were yeah. on Steam. That was fun. Yeah. Um, and, you know, on Roblox, he, he likes things like, uh, he likes his latest uh, uh, craze that I've been playing a lot of games with him on are, are like adventure uh, adventure games where you get to wander around the map, killing monsters, doing quests so um yeah so like uh what was it the one that we were just playing a bunch was uh world of magic and another of his favorites is vestraria he says so um and i like vestraria and i like world of magic they're fun and i like seeing what other people have done It gives Nowadays, you know, a lot of times it gives me ideas too, and I'm like, oh, so I'm um, getting started on a a game. We're going to try to make a game together on Roblox. Um, We made a simple game last summer, just like a straight sword fighting game. You just log in and countdown happens as soon as there's at least two people in the server. And then it like teleports you to a map and you have to kill each other with swords. And whoever, you know, kills the other person first is declared the winner or if there's like five people, right? It's like whoever's last man standing the winner and you get teleported back. It was like pretty straightforward, simple game, but it was fun. He loved to like uh, take that around to his friends and they all played together. It was fun. Actually, the interesting thing about Roblox is like, you could be like making a game and then like you publish it just to like go test it and you meant to just go test it yourself but then like if you have a like a friend could just like pop into your game while you're testing it it's pretty fun that actually happened to us like we were just testing the game we were playing with ourselves and all of a sudden one of our dungeon quest friends like logged in. (laughs) I'm like, oh, holy smokes. He's like, oh, you you're making a game. Yeah, let's play. (laughs) It was pretty fun. (laughs) Pretty cool. So yeah, so I really liked how Roblox makes it super easy, you know, to have um the social aspect of gaming is like just built in, you get it for free. Um your game is automatically multiplayer, you know. Uh, And then, of course, you get a lot of the physics and, and, you know, uh, you get a lot (laughs) as a starting point. Um.
0: Thank you for your time. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you're welcome.